0: It's time for Running Building, the game, the, building game, the game, with Jason and Friends, and for Tabletop Game is with Jason fun and friends, with Jason and friends. it's at the end, end of the, of the episode,
1: episode, that's when it technically ends. ends. Hello
0: and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 26th, and you're listening to episode 478. As always, hey, I'm your host, Jason. Today, once again, joined by a guy who came on before... And normally I don't have people back this quickly, but he was pretty cool and he said he'd come back and I thought, well we should do that cuz it was a lot of fun. I had a great time talking to him. Uh, his name is Aaron Wilson and uh Aaron is the designer as you already know of Sovereign Skies, YI Otter, why um ah an Otter one also <laughs> a co-owner of Gravitation Games, uh, publishers of Please Fix It Teleporter by Ian Zhang. Aaron, that was a long intro. How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm great. Thank you for having me back. It's very exciting.
0: Yes, um, yes. You, uh, I'm not lying though. It's People do not get an invite back this quickly unless well, they're
1: I one feel, of the co-hosts. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored and I feel very special and I appreciate so, you and I appreciate our friendship and I appreciate your hosting abilities.
0: Oh, thanks. Now he's just <laughs> sucking up. And you're not going to get back that quick a third time, okay? Listen.
1: <laughs> so like this time next week?
0: Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I actually have the next 3 episodes scheduled, believe it or not. It's right. cuz I'm going on vacation for a camping trip, so I have to. So that's just normal. Yeah. All right. So I'm recording 2 episodes this week and 1 next week and doing a lot of editing. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um well, I'm I'm happy to have you back. We had a a fun discussion last time and I'm sure this time will be no different. Uh but uh what have you been up to of late?
1: Well, I have, uh, well, I did go on vacation recently, which was really nice. And so I got to play uh, a few games while I went to the beach, uh, not on the beach, but during, uh, the rainstorms and the nights in between. Um, so so I get to play a few things. Um, and I recently just bought, uh, summer camp by Philip Walker Harding Mm -hmm. from Target, a a Target exclusive, uh, You can probably get one yourself at your local Target now. But uh, yeah, it's a, so, so... a good ad. <laughs> Thanks. So it's been yeah. So that it's actually really nice um, that game. Um, it plays really clean, quick, and smooth. Uh, little deck builder there. Um, other than that, I we my wife likes. She likes to kind of play the same games over and over. So we played like Wingspan and Azul. Just kind of like, those are kind of really common games we play mm-hmm. yeah. um, pretty often. So it's been, yeah, it's fun.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you're the second person. Last last week or the week before when Katarski was on, he mentioned how much he loved summer camp. So I really need to check that out. That's two recommendations in a row. And like you said, it's Phil Walker-Harding who did Sushi Go, which is one of our family's faves. Um, yeah, I've heard only positive things about summer camp and, uh, I need to get to my local target to pick up a copy. I also heard it's like 25 bucks, which is
1: great. No, I know. That's, it's insane. I'm like, wait a minute. Who is, who's (laughs) the publisher that's able to afford, but I mean, you know, it's so funny because I was just thinking about this as well. The card quality, it, they're really thin cards and I, I might, I may have a new opinion about how I want my cards. Yeah, really. Yes. So if you've ever played Point Salad, which another game we, we play quite a bit here. It's good. Um one. I, and I love those guys, you know, I love Sean and the other two. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um <clears throat> the, but the the cards are very thin. And, but they're but they're actually nice quality, but they're thin, which mm-hmm. makes them which makes you able to shuffle them very easily. Ah, and, yeah, yeah. and I have, I, there was a, I, and I can't remember what game it was. I was, I was pulling cards out and they were like really thick and they feel really good. They feel really solid, really good quality. And you can't shuffle them. They're like <laughs> impossible to it's shuffle like shuffling it's like, tiles. Yeah. They're like, tiles. <laughs> it feels like ch- little thin tiles that you're trying to like shove together. Um, and I realized, that, you know, I like to riffle shuffle and I like a mm-hmm. card to bounce back really quickly. Um, yeah. Now, the, you know, the issue with summer camp and those cards being so thin is that you can bend them easily because they're not like they're not like plastic. They're not going to bounce back. I think I think right, the ones right. in point salad are a little bit. They're they're like more Bouncier. bendable without yeah, yeah without getting bent. <clears throat> but but I tell you what, sh- the shuffling is just so nice with thin cards. And, I'm, you know, considering should I make a recommendation that my next game be made with thin, crappy cards? <laughs> depends
0: on depends on the kind of complaints you want. Right. If you want the I can't shuffle complaints, no. If you want the your cards are too thin <laughs> complaints, yes. That's really all Kickstarter it's is a in lose games lose. Is managing yeah. which complaints you want. Right. Um yeah, it's uh that that's interesting though like, you know, cuz that is something people complain about like card quality. Um but yeah, like there's nothing worse, I think we can agree on this, than a game with tiles that says shuffle the tiles. Right? You know how hard it is to shuffle tiles?
1: I hate that about games except for my game in Sovereign Skies where at the beginning you have to shuffle <laughs> the tiles.
0: <laughs> Please fix the teleporter. That is square cards, correct?
1: Uh they are square cards. <clears throat> yeah. And there are four tiles, but you don't you don't shuffle those tiles. Right, you right. you literally are constantly shuffling the tiles trying to figure out how to put them together, but
0: Right, yeah. right, right. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. The um yeah 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 so so sovereign skies then yeah tell your friends shuffle those tiles it's not it's more of a pet peeve than anything right because like i like you i like shuffling cards i like the feeling when you shuffle cards i like how the cards shuffle right and then somebody says shuffle tiles and i'm like i could shuffle poker chips better than i can shuffle like i can shuffle poker chips with one hand i can't shuffle tiles with 12 hands like
1: (laughs) (laughs) well good thing you don't have 12 hands i I, uh, i have um only six tiles, though, in Siren Skies at setup. Oh, well, that's... You, that's you, you flip yeah. them over, and you just kind of shuffle them That's around. not a big
0: deal. I'm talking about, like, Scoot I can't remember right. any games off the top of my head, but there are somewhere it's like, here are 12 or 13 tiles. Does King Domino make you shuffle the tiles?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. King Domino is is a fiddly yeah. one. At, at Nobody setup. cares.
0: It one like the Spiel, but, you know, like, I care. Right. Actually, that's an interesting game. Like, everybody's really excited about it, but honestly, I... I bought it because it's Bruno and I yeah. love Bruno and I played it and I just like my wife and I've only played it like twice. Like we gave yeah. it a second try and I was like, it's just all right. Like, I, I don't know what it didn't click for me, but something didn't click for me.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's a simple light game. I think Queen Domino is mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of the heavier version of that.
0: Okay. Maybe they, yeah, maybe I would <laughs> dig that more then Cause it, um, it just, it was, it was, I felt like playing it again, it was mostly the same game the second time. Yeah, yeah it's just the scoring yeah. was a little different, but like, it still felt like you were doing the exact same thing. Um, yeah. And people know I don't like to I don't like to dog on Bruno. He's 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 my homie. I mean, no, he's I, not, I think it's a brilliant. I'm a design, fan,
1: but I, I I'm there <laughs> with you. Yeah, me too.
0: Um. So yeah, speaking speaking, because I don't have any other games to talk about right now that I've played. I've only been playing the same ones. Uh, but speaking of deck building, uh, as you said, like seven minutes ago, when you talked about light deck building in summer camp, uh, you were like, I want to talk about deck building. Um, I I was like, let's, let's talk about deck building. So in case you haven't picked up yet, listeners, we're, we're going to talk about deck building. It's going to be great.
1: We are, and I and my reasons are a bit selfish, but <clears throat> mainly because my... <laughs> are there any
0: other reasons?
1: <laughs> the game I'm working on has deck building, and it's one of those things where I, it, it felt sort of like... I've been working on this game for a year, or a little bit more than a year at this point, um, and we, we tried a few action mechanics um, that we thought would work, and we finally settled on this kind of deck builder version of our game and it's working the best. And I guess there's a reason why deck builders are popular, but they've kind of fallen out of popularity over the last, I would say five to plus years. And all of a sudden there's this resurgence and, and I, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm just noticing them more because I'm like, Oh, you know what? Right, right. I have a novel idea. I'm going to bring back deck building. Well, it's already back. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it
0: yeah because so, you're and, like I'm gonna bring back deck building but apparently it came back two years ago when people were getting ready to publish games that were deck builders
1: exactly and
0: now they're just coming out
1: and 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 what's funny about this as well is that when I was when I designed Sovereign Skies there there weren't a lot of Rondells necessarily <clears throat> you know Max Gertz and everything but <clears throat> there. It was it was Deepwater that ended up picking up Sovereign Skies and mm-hmm. they already had two Rondell games at the time. And and it was adding just another Rondell to their to their kind of they have this uh game Roundhouse and uh, uh Mystery of the Temples,
0: mm-hmm. I think it's called. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and those they, they were, you know, doing well for them. Two Rondell games and then I bring another Rondell game into it. Then okay, not uh, you know. It's a good game. Rondell
0: so, it but, up in here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so there I, I felt like there was a a, a bit of a surge in, in Rondell games at that time. And maybe this is just me and my bubble noticing things more, you know. When you're when you see a number over and over, mm-hmm. you see it more and more because you notice Absolutely. things more and more. Yeah. And that certainly that. happens. Yeah, but, I, I go go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But but this so I feel like the same thing is happening with with deck building. They don't. I don't. They don't think they have. So I don't think. Uh, I don't think they have any deck builders, right now. Oh no, no. Except, of course, the latest Kickstarter from Deepwater Games is Rat Queens, <laughs> which is a deck builder. I'm like, you, you, you sure you guys want to put out another? Deck builder?
0: <laughs> They're like, we got two things:
1: deck builders and Rondells. Do it. And rolling rights.
0: Right. That too. <laughs> that too. but
1: yes um so so anyway i we you know i don't, I don't know if we want to list some of the m- more recent popularity uh spikes but i think i think one of them um recently and i and i played this uh not that long ago is runes of arnak um it's a very good game and it it uses deck building and a very Interest. i mean it's it's integrated and and that's sort of what i'm tr- trying to do as well right right um it's an integration um as opposed to um just your straightforward kind of deck builder mm-hmm. and summer camp does that as well and summer camp is sort of like <laughs> i realized that it's sort of this light version of, of the game i'm i'm working on <laughs> where <laughs> where you're you're sort of you're going up these separate tracks um and you're using deck building to kind of get you there. Now, Summer Camp is 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 pretty straightforward. It's like you want to play cards that kind of it says like go up this track. <clears throat> the the game I'm working on is a little bit more complex than that, but uh, it it it's there are resources and other things happening and, and engine building happening in this game, but mm-hmm. as a, in separate so so that's something that we could talk about as well. Deck building is sort of engine building. And what happens when you do engine building and deck building? You have double engine building, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Two, I mean, just basically two avenues for the same thing, right? Yeah. The um, yeah. So the like, there's the the deck builder that is not new, but is newer to me that I've or that I've been playing more recently is. Listeners, you love when I talk about taverns of Tiefenthal, but that is an integrated deck builder that is it is great because, um, the the deck building, really, it like it's one of the key aspects of the game, but it doesn't make or break the game. It just mm-hmm. integrates so smoothly into the rest of the game. Um, and also it's, it's got just a little bit of like of deck culling built into it that you can basically lean into as hard as you want. Um, and I tend to lead into it pretty hard. Like, you know, a lot of people like I won't pitch cards to upgrade things. Cause you know, i Have you played that? I'm assuming you've played that. I haven't actually. Oh, okay. You'll have to explain it to me. Sure. You have these tiles and you can upgrade these tiles. You like you flip these tiles over as you upgrade them, which it's really great mechanic. Um, But when you do that, you can pay full price or you can ditch cards to discount the price up to a Mm. certain level. Um, And like, I'll always wait till I get a good set of cards. I don't care about. And then I'll drop them so that I can, um, you know, discard the ones that I don't want to have to look at anymore. Cause like most deck builders, you have some starting cards, and some of those starting cards are okay, um, and some of them aren't. Like, but there's also interesting things like you've got these waitress cards that are very powerful. They give you extra dice to roll, uh, because it also has has some dice rolling where you're using the the these to build out to get your resources right. Um, it's some worker placement, I guess, with with the dice rolling. But um, you can sacrifice the deck cards. make it cheaper to get permanent upgrades on your tile so now instead of having to wait for a waitress to give an extra die i always have a waitress to get an extra die right Mm. um so now i have less but i have it all the time right so in the aggregate it's better right (laughs) so um it's i love the integration on that because it is it's very clean yeah Um, it sounds smart now that said like i was thinking we were we were going back and forth a little before the show and we were joking about let's just talk about dominion the whole time right and like in Dominion, for me, was the first deck builder that I ever ran into, um, and it is it is the pure deck builder, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not. I know that there's like that and Eminent Domain or like two of the very very early ones, and um, I think Eminent Domain maybe was a little earlier, but I think Dominion is what really like took it off. Eminent right?
1: Domain came out after. Oh, after almost okay. positive, okay. yeah, almost positive, yeah.
0: E- either way, like obviously, I think the thing that really kickstarted that was dominion right like yeah. i mean that's you know for for years like that was that sold eight bajillion um uh expansions right which yeah. i never played any of them because i thought the core I, game is just was i played fun, like right? one or
1: two of them yeah <laughs> they're all right it's yeah, just more I, dominion i mean well, i mean
0: the, yeah right the game works as it's, as itself like why do i need to change it um but I like like I think you were saying this too. Like pure deck builders in general are not that interesting to me. Like, I want to do other stuff and mm-hmm. also deck build. Um, the one the one example of I an mean, exception to that rule that I do want to throw out there, uh, because I love this game, is Flip City. Have you played Flip City before? I haven't.
1: That that always looked interesting to me.
0: It's super solid. And so Flip City is a is a pure deck builder that is literally all you're doing you're trying to get the certain hands at the end of the game to win right by either getting so many stars out or so many cards out in play and if that happens you win the game um and of course like any other deck builder right it's hard to get all those cards out at the same time uh but as you move through the game you'll get more and more and it's 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 cool um but the main mechanic i think to me that makes that game so exciting is the reason it's called flip city which is that every card is double-sided Um, and when you draw cards, um, you, you keep the deck the way you built it, which is like with the cheaper side on top. And then when you upgrade a card, you flip it to the better side. Um, and so then, you know, when you shuffle, so when you're shuffle, you're very cognizant of not messing up by like, just doing like a, you know, a standard shuffle and mixing all the cards up. Right. Um, but it's, it's really, what I love about it is that like, You know, you um, you have a lot of options within a very confined little space. Um, the one thing I don't like about it is kind of like the King Domino thing is where like, it's the same game if you play it enough, right? Yeah, you just keep playing it and you're like, this is this is the same thing I'm doing. Um, but it's it's very clever. And when it first came out, I was like, wow, like this is super, super clever and very um, it was just very different than anything else I'd played. And I know it got a lot of buzz when it first came out it's kind of an expansion I bought for like wilderness expansion, which I believe is mostly the same game, but with some different cards. Uh, and then I bought it and never played it. So there was that.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how, yeah, yeah I, that's the worst when you buy an expansion and you're so excited about it and you're just like, never, never play it. That's happened to me a couple of times. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And it, which reminds me, you know, the, the kind of integration thing I think is happening more and more um, where, you know the deck building was such a new kind of interesting mechanic all on its own that you could create games that were just purely deck building but i and i but i feel you in that it's it's those games that that kind of where i i feel like they run out of steam so quickly they're so novel Mm -hmm. um And it's it's the integration that that makes it more interesting. Uh, Great Western Trail is one where I think they don't actually do deck building all that great. um, (laughs) But the trail is great. The Western Trail is great. Um, And that's sort of a rondelle and a deck builder kind of together, which, you know, Deepwater should really think about picking that up. (laughs)
0: I should see if they can acquire that. Just make a make a make an uh, expansion called like Great Sovereign Trail or something like that. You know,
1: that's a good yeah. Really, Great really Sovereign
0: Rats. Welcome to Great Sovereign Rats. Done.
1: If you're so from Deepwater, you
0: listening to this. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. Um, and then and then you know recently I played Runestones from Queen Games as well and they do mm-hmm. something really really interesting with deck building and i and i was talking about this before but um <clears throat> trying to trying to like put a twist on 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 what your you know your common deck building i would say and it always goes back to dominion it's like how close or far away is it from dominion i feel like that's <laughs> that's always like the the metric right um but in runestones um you're trying to get these stones to kind of fulfill these little contracts uh, to move, to get points, to move up. Mm -hmm. Um, And certain cards give you more cards, but they also, or they could give you stones and you're, you know, it's, it's fairly simple once you get this into the swing of it, but it has this really cool mechanic where all the cards are numbered and you start out with really high numbered cards. And when you play a couple of cards, you have to throw away the highest number. So you have, to, if you, and you'll play two cards, you on a turn, uh, for a certain action and you're forced to kind of get rid of a card. So you're always calling, um, which I think is a really, really interesting mechanic. Uh, and, you know, in the way that you call cards in a, in a deck builder, there are all kinds of interesting ways to do that. And I think that's an, maybe an important part of it, um, in. I feel like it's what's missing from summer camp. It's such a fast game that I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of the game, you're not going to want to buy anything because you're never going to see those cards. Uh, but there, right, right, but right. but it give but there is a, there is an incentive because cards are worth points. So you are going to count the points at the end of the game of all the cards that are in your deck. So you still do have reason to buy them. Um, but it's like one or two points. That's it. That's all you're going to get.
0: Mm -hmm. that makes Uh, sense
1: um summer camp also has an interesting thing where every card if you can't do anything with the card or if you don't want to do the action on the card and there are some cards that just don't have no actions the lights out Mm -hmm. it's always worth an energy which which allows you to buy other cards
0: oh okay well that's interesting
1: yeah it's like not written on the cards it's just like it cost a card an energy cost a card always. Okay. Okay. Some cards will say this is, this gives you two. So if you use the action, you don't get the energy of discarding the card, but you get the two energy that are part of the action. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Um,
0: it is to make sure that you, you're always like, Hey, this is always worth something in your hand. Exactly.
1: um, So, so once you go up a track and you have these cards that say move three on this track and you're done with that track. That card is useless to you now, except it's not because it's points and it's also right, at least right. worth one energy. Yeah, so that's, that is, that's it's a that's very right. smart design. Yeah. Um, we do something interesting as far as we, we messed around with a calling mechanic and we mm-hmm. realized man, it. So what we're doing is sort of an engine builder, meaning it's, it's a tableau builder as well as a deck builder. So there's mm-hmm. an action where you can play a card down into, into a color of the, of, there are four systems. Um, and when you do that, you put it into sort of this stack that gets you, uh, that produces for you. Um, it's sort of like, it, these are the planets that you're controlling. And when you go to produce in that as, as an action in that row, you'll get all the things in the stack. Um, and it's also a way to call your cards. So by adding to your tableau, you're actually keeping you're reducing your deck. As you add more powerful cards, you get rid ah, of less powerful yeah, cards yeah. to produce. But the more powerful cards also have better production. So there's sort of this push and pull with right, Do right. I want Do I want to just get these cards out of my hand or out of my deck um, first before I get these more powerful cards in? But you're limited in, in how much time you have because of right, right. It's sort of a race.
0: That's anyway. That's interesting. No, I I do think that culling is is a big part of of deck builders that does make it more interesting. And and I think that like the idea of like we're talking about runestones, like forcing that right, or even your yeah. game saying like you, you have to make the decision, and you're going to have to get rid of some cards. Um, I really like that because. Um, you know, one of the things that's not fun about deck builders is when they get too big, right? Yeah, like you have yep. this huge deck, and you're never going to see anything, and and that's also a problem that I think needs to be solved either one of two ways: either through culling, or through ways. Um, a good example is back to taverns. Um, you get these noble cards and all the card, almost all the cards are worth points, but not many, but noble cards are worth 10 points, which is a lot of points. And you're basically, you're getting rewarded noble cards for upgrading your bar, for having lots of beer. Um, you can get these noble cards and when you're laying cards out, each card that you, that you pull off your deck, if it's a customer, it fills a table, right? And when your tables are full, you're done with your deck for that round and you have to play the rest of the round. So ideally you want to get a crap ton of cards out and then fill your table. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that happened to me in the last game we played, I had one card left in my entire deck and it was the coolest feeling that all the other cards and I, <laughs> and I like had the most epic last turn and won by a lot because I had that advantage. Um, But so one of the clever things they do besides letting you call some of the customers and some other cards, um, with the nobles, like, so think about, um, in dominion, there's those cards you want to get, right? Yeah. Um, like the duchies and the provinces or whatever. Uh huh. Um, and those cards, if I remember correctly, do nothing for you other than their points at the end of the game. Right. It's crap in your hand, right? Yep. 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 So this, the nobles, they're a customer and they're a crappy customer. They give you two gold. They don't pay very well, but what they do is they all sit together. So when a noble comes out and takes a table, the next noble goes on that table. So instead of having all your customers spread out, if you flip 10 noble cards, they all that's only one card you flipped because they're all sitting at the same they're all only occupying one space, right? Um and it was a very clever mechanic to say, "Hey, we want you to put this good stuff in your deck, and but we don't want it to impede you." Um hmm. and I like that because I do think that in some other deck builders, um that's that's a big trap, right? Of you want to put a lot of good stuff in your deck, but also some things combo with each other, right? And that's the point is to get those combos off, right? Yeah. And again, to get that sort of thing to happen. Um, and if that deck is gargantuan um, and there's no way to deal with that, that sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll mention is Taverns has a mechanic where you can discard this one token if you choose to um, scrap your card. So if I lay out five customers and that's or four customers and I'm and that's all I got. I can flip that token over, throw those cards off to the side and start over. Um, And you're almost guaranteed not to have the same scenario because you shouldn't have that many bad cards in a row, right? (laughs) Um, In theory, Um, I've seen it happen, but it generally doesn't. So I do think having, like that's something you have to do as a designer is building that mechanism if the deck is going to get too big to either have interesting culling, not just like, you you know, I think good opportunities for culling to where it's not only, like, I like sacrificial culling, right? Like, where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm culling these cards and it's gonna hurt, but I also like, like, what you're saying, right? For your game, where you're like, I'm gonna cull this big card by putting it on the tableau, because it's good for that, but it hurts that it's not on my deck anymore, right? Yeah. But I also like culling because it's interesting, right? Like, culling cards because they can serve another purpose, um, yep. either like you're saying you're doing, um, or something else that we haven't thought of that would be cool, you know? I guess... Uh, The idea like summer camp, using them as energy is brilliant, right? Because it's like, hey, no card wasted.
1: Yeah. And and it's funny. It it makes you want to use, because you can't color your cards too, it makes you want to use, all because you're going to discard all all five of your cards, whether you use them or not. And I almost feel like if you don't use it, maybe that's a way to cull it. I'm going to call Phil and have a talk with him. See (laughs) if I can get that added in. House rule that possibly <laughs> as well. Um, but but it makes you want to use up all your cards too. It's like, well, I'm going to buy the most expensive thing because I have these cards. And right, they're, right. They're worth at least an energy. So I can't use this, See, but I'm going to.
0: That would be so. That would be an interesting twist right there. Like, here's something we could hack out of summer camp. I know I've never played it, but. Like, what if it was, you know, because one of the cool things that I love in deck builders is use it or lose it, right? All right. So like you get a bunch of points or a bunch of money or a bunch of energy and you either use it or it's gone after that round and you have to start over the next round, right? What if you did have a system where you've got, uh, I get these cards, I can play them to do something, I can discard them. And if I discard them and get energy to buy something, but if I discard them and don't spend them, then I lose them. So what that would be interesting about that is you might have good cards that you have to discard this round because they're not going to do anything for you. And you don't want to lose them, but now you're forced to buy crap cards <laughs> because <laughs> you're basically, you know, feeding the machine of... Just to keep can't... those cards. Yeah, yeah I like right?
1: that. Yeah, that's smart. That could be, that could be really cool.
0: So yeah, that, that's just what popped into my head. Any other, like, any other interesting thoughts on, like, ways to incorporate culling that could work or ways to integrate deck building either.
1: Yeah. It, so I, you know, one game that's kind of bl- glaring in, in front of our faces that we haven't talked about was clank. And I think, I think oh, clank point. Yeah. really brought back um, deck building in a, in a super interesting way. Um, I it's that game's a little polarizing. I, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard Chris Kirkman go off on, 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 why he hates Clang. But uh <laughs> I actually I really like
0: but now I want to know because I like <laughs> hearing Chris Kirkman complain about stuff. <laughs> I love that guy. He's great.
1: I know. Um <clears throat> but but it's it's one of those it's one of those really interesting takes on it. Obviously, you're you're integrating this kind of dungeon dive, um, and you've got, you know, point to point movement as well as uh and how that deck building is integrated in. That's how you move, that's how you fight. Um uh, but but the culling is really bad in that game. Like it's really hard. I think there's a couple of cards in there that you that you can use. You can barely call your deck, and by the end, you just have this massive, massive deck. And I, I that's <laughs> one thing I think is is definitely wrong with that game. I, I think I think Chris's complaint was that you know there's there's sort of this player elimination that happens if you get out, uh, and then you, then the, the countdown starts happening, and you get stuck in there and And then that person that's out is just like waiting, but I mean, it's short lived. I I don't think, I don't think that's the issue. That's not an issue that I have with the game. I think it's really fun, but, um, but I I thought, I think that that's, that's something that, um, kind of, you know, for me to say, there's been this resurgence, like clanks a few years old already. So it's not like I, you know, it's, obviously it's never gone away since dominion happened. Um, but I, but I feel like there was, there was a point where it was like a deep saturation and no publisher wanted to see another deck builder if they could help right, it right. because that's all they were getting pitched. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and now that I feel like that's died down a little bit, um, they're starting, they're starting to see it and and realize there's like, you know, people still love it and it's not going away. I mean, as long as there's some interesting twist there, as long as there's some sort of integration in with other systems. Um, they're going to they're going to find interest and they're going to find a market for it.
0: It's interesting that you say that. I mean, I can't like just track this like because it would take a lot of research that I'm not going to do. But <laughs> I, I would be willing to bet that you had a lot of games, right? Like obviously there were a lot of Dominion clones, right? Like yeah, or even just just pure deck builders, right? Where it was like that is what you do, you deck build Star um, Realms, right? DC Deck Builder It literally yeah. was called Deck Builder, right. right? I mean
1: Harry Potter the deck building game.
0: <laughs> right, right. Deck building. The deck building game. Um,
1: <laughs> that one was terrible.
0: Was it? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Chris Kirkman.
1: <laughs> he didn't Chris. design it, but he he did publish he, he it. He did it was, publish it, yeah.
0: That, who did, was that Christopher Bedell? Did he design that? I think I, he did. I was for those jokey games that were supposed to be fun. Yeah, they, there, yeah right. Was, yeah. It was
1: like engine building, the engine building game. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a clever idea. It was a clever, and I don't know all the other games. I had deck building, the deck building game, and I wasn't a fan. But, um, but anyways, um, you know, I'm curious if what started to happen was those designers that love deck building were like, "How do I make this a game that I can pitch with deck building that's yeah. not a deck building game?" And that's where you started to see the integration of maybe I could just do light deck building, as we like to say as designers. So it's got some lights of this mechanic, light player elimination. Um, you know. exactly Uh, that's that's the thing right now um so anyways yeah and then and then I think those games started to you know become you know become more ubiquitous and then it was kind of like oh this is just a mechanic we're doing now um and then you get more games that are now once again more deck building with with less other stuff um but no I, I think that happens a lot in the market right like um I mean when Roland Rights came out right it was like every game is a Roland right.
1: Yeah. And, and every every publisher wanted to have their their rolling right, right. in their line. But
0: now now you're seeing more Roland rights come out that are different and interesting and really kind of like morphing into other things, you know, like Roland rights used to be like fill in these spaces specifically like and you had these limited choices and and now we're seeing other games where that's that's not always the same. One of my absolute favorite Roland Wrights uh, plug for it is Silver and Gold. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Where we play a your lot con- of that, too. Yeah, your, your choices are getting limited until you finish the card and then, boom, wide open again. Another
1: Philip Walker Harding.
0: Is that Philip Walker Harding? It I didn't is. realize that. Oh, my gosh. That is one of my all-time favorite games. Great. Oh, that's good to know. That makes sense why I love it so much. And that makes <laughs> me definitely want to go get Summer Camp like right when we're done recording. Target will be closed, <laughs> but... uh. Yeah. Probably go tomorrow. Yeah. So anyways, I think that, you know, that's what we see is that when a game mechanic in general, and I would love somebody to tell me if I'm wrong on this and you feel you could be that person if you want, but I think when the market gets saturated with it, then you see either integration and or new interesting ways that it's used things that are different ways to do these things that aren't so hitting you over the head with that specific mechanic or idea. Um, yeah, because, Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I think I think you're right, and I think that's, I mean, that's in general what publishers are always looking for, right? Like we we want a twist. We don't want to see the same thing over and over again. We want to see something that that people are familiar with in some ways, but mm-hmm. are, are have something new to offer, right? And right. that's and that's al- almost going to always be the case with what publishers are generally looking for. I know that's the case with what we're looking for when we're right, looking right. for. Very simple uh, kid games, like kid-friendly uh, family games. Uh, really light. Um, it's very hard to find something that's that's really new and interesting, and we know mm-hmm. that. Um, but but that's always the case. That's always going to be the case. If we see something that's too similar to something that's already out there. Um, it, there there's just no way we're going to do that. We're we're not going to take a chance and just of looking like something that's just copying something else and that's why it's really important as a designer too to just know as many games as you can possibly know right so that you can know that how how different yours is looking as you're designing as well one
0: of the one of the plugs i will once again give is for isaac and jeff's book uh building blocks uh, of game tabletop game design because one of the things i do with that is when i'm Working on a mechanic, I'll just quick glance in there, see what other games are using the mechanic, and, and then I can look those up and see how. And I know you can do the BGG. I find it a little more user-friendly to do it in the book. Plus, I enjoy just like, hey, there's this mechanic I want to explore. Let's look through that and see how other games have explored it. And do I have something to add to that that's different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You were saying, you know, publishers want to see something that's out there, but see it with a twist. It reminds me of of the Hollywood phrase, like, A sequel in Hollywood, like the line is always, give me the same thing, only different. That's (laughs) how you make a successful sequel, right? That's really true. I want the magic of the first movie, but I want it in a way that's unexpected and new. Yeah. Um, And that's exactly what, what publishers are looking for with games, right? Because they want games that remind us of good experiences, but add something new to the conversation or to the market, right? I think that's what's so important.
1: Yeah, it's it's really true. I was I was telling someone today that I work with who has no idea about anything in board games. But you were just like, I'm just going to talk to them anyway. They, they were just like, what? No, well, like, what's your favorite board game? And and I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't oh, make so like hard. board game it's lists. So yeah. You know, I don't yeah. really do that. But I said one of my favorite games is Wingspan. It's just it's just a really interesting engine builder that I enjoy playing. that i play with my wife quite a bit Mm -hmm. um and and i'm always up for it like you know you like a game if you're always up for it um yes yes and 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 the fact that it's birds is just something that's like it's not sci-fi and it's not fantasy which is just so refreshing in the board game world says
0: the guy who designs
1: (laughs) mostly sorry i just was laughing because i was thinking about you with
0: Sovereign skies and others, and please fix the teleporter. And uh, <laughs> you do have games about otters, so all right. That. So, um, but so yeah, I think that I do think it is refreshing when you have, you know, I'm always trying to think of different mechanics and stuff. I mean, different themes that kind of fall outside of that as well. Though, I, every like, I got to be honest, and some of the listeners know this, but every time I start thinking about a game for the first like two to three weeks or more of the design, it's always a freaking city builder. <laughs> Because I love building cities and houses and stuff. So, like, every new design, I'm like, you know, this would work as a pretty good city builder. And my friends are like, dude, <laughs> you don't need to keep designing those. I'm like, I only have one published. Like, well, I have two, I have one published and one signed. So, yeah, I should probably cut that out. <laughs> this is a mechanic I like. That's, your I mean, thing. that's A theme that I it's like. It's all right. right. It's all right. The city builder guy. Yeah, it's cool. Build cities. I
1: mean, I'm like the otter guy and the, and the space guy. Like wh- why, why those Sovereign space otters. Yeah, I know. I need to do that one. I need to combine.
0: Sovereign space otters and a teleporter. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> any other, any other thoughts you want to throw out there about, uh, about deck builders before you pitch a game that involves some deck building?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I, you know, I, I, I think, I think that, Overall, I don't think deck building is going away. And and I I think I think sometimes, you know, and we talked about this last time, is that we get we get something stuck in our head like there's this mechanic I really don't like. And it's mm-hmm, like, I don't mm-hmm. like deck builders. Anybody that doesn't like deck builders, is just going to be turned off immediately when they see anything about right, deck right. building. And I just don't think that that's like a valid argument in 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 modern right, games right. because of how many games do the same mechanics so differently in so many different scenarios. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. I talked about that before, like, oh, they're, you know, roll and move pff, hilarious, except for, you know, actually there's this game that I really
0: like, right, right, uh, which right. is
1: deep sea adventure. And I love to play that with my kids and they like it too. And, oh yep. yeah. So I guess I do like it. Um, and, and I, and I kind of, and I think I, you know, I was turned off by deck building for a while just because of the saturation and And now Mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't think of it the same way anymore. I think of it as, as sort of just a a mechanic that helps deliver a larger game experience. And as long as that kind of remains the, the core, um, experience, I, I think, I think I'm okay with it. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. And especially because again, I'm designing with it. So
0: right, right, right. You know, I think too, that like, I, 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 two thoughts I had. One, if you say, yeah, you should never say I hate games with this mechanic and will hate them always because I mean, I even said that for a long time about um, real time games. Right. Like it just, I just I had trouble with them and I let that push me away from them. But there are some real time games that I super enjoy. Right. Yeah. And like I just like I have to admit that like when the game is complex and real time that I'll be bad at it and that I will struggle like I will have so much AP. But games that are not overly complex um and uh and real time, I, I actually enjoy. Um Tassin is a great example. It's an old game by Van Ryder Games uh that was by Chris and Suzanne Zinsley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that I haven't actually played Please Six to Teleporter, but that is real time, isn't it? Like when yes, you're trying to race to yeah. But again, you're trying to match four tiles. I yep. can handle that in real time. Yeah. Um what I can't handle is when there's 47 things you're trying to keep track of in real time. I just I I will. I get so anxious that it's that I'm like, I ah, well, can't do this. I played, there's that real time game with the weird shapes and stuff and the different things in the pictures. I feel Tell like us it's about, no, <laughs> it's like you're somebody will show you something and you're trying to pick up the right things or something. Oh, it was popular a couple of years ago. I do you know, know what I'm talking st- about, right? Yes, I do. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Len, uh, my friend Len uh, showed me how to play it and it was great. Um, that's kind of a stressful game, too. It is, but it but it's so quick and stressful. Yeah. It's yeah. not like we're going to play this 10-minute session, and it's super it's, stressful. It's, it's isn't there like, really ghosts in it? Yes. It's like ghosts. Who ghosts there? I don't know. <laughs> ghosts of ghosty ghosts? Blue ghosts? I don't know. But anyways, it's that is a stressful game, but it's so quick. And there's so many moments like, ah, you got it first. Like That's fun, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a game where like halfway through, I'm like, I don't know what's happening and I'm lost. I'm just going to keep rolling these dice and hope that no one notices that i don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so the second thing is, I feel like when we're talking about a game that is a pure deck builder or a pure rolling, right? Whatever that means. But you, you know what I mean? Like when you think of like the quintessential game for any mechanic, right? Um, I feel like what we get into there is you have your favorite one of those and you're not necessarily interested in looking for more of those. When that is the pure core mechanic, why do I need to look for something that's different than that, right? Um, I mean, if you are super sold on Dominion as a pure deck builder, are, are you really looking for another pure deck builder? I would argue you probably aren't. Most Most people probably aren't. Um, I don't know how, how that hits you or how you feel about that.
1: Yeah and I, I think I think it's a personality type, right? So I think that some I think that some gamers like a certain mechanic and they look for every game they can find that has that mechanic. And then there are collectors, there are collector gamers who say mm-hmm. I want to have one perfect thing of each of these mechanics right right but yeah. no more than one. So I'll Mm -hmm. try that, and that might replace the one I have. But if it doesn't, I'm getting rid of it. Right, (laughs) right.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that is, you know, I think that's a pretty good, like, a a great example is the Yahtzee mechanic, right? Like, the pure Yahtzee mechanic of rolling dice, right? Um, So games like zombie dice fall in there, right? Yahtzee obviously falls in there, right? Press your luck, but you're rolling for, you know, in in. And when Yam Slam, when I found Yam Slam, which I don't know if you played Yam Slam, but it's have a not. fantastic game. You should you should play with your kids. It's okay. it is. They took everything that is stupid and sucks about Yahtzee and made it not part of the game. Um, <sighs> you roll the dice and then you collect chips. Um, so like if I get a, if I get a a large straight, which you know all one two three four five, um, I get to take the token that says large straight. But if there are no large straights left. I'm SOL. Well, then I would take a small straight, but you know what I mean? (laughs) You basically, it changes what you're rolling for. Yeah. um, And uh, if you get a yam slam or a Yahtzee, the way that works is you take any chip of your choosing uh, and then go again. So if there's a 50 point chip out there, of course you take it. Uh, But if there's not, perhaps you're taking a chip that will help you complete the full set of all seven chips you could get, which will give you bonus points in the end. And, um, so it's, it's a super Yahtzee killer. Right. And like after getting that, I'm like, I never need to play a different game that is, that is just Yahtzee style. Right. And I know that Yahtzee is probably not the best example, but are one of the things with rolling rights is I'm a huge rolling right fan. Right. Obviously. But if I get like, if every game rolling right game was like rolling America or any other game where it's just putting numbers in a slot, right. I'm going to pick the one of those I like best and just play that one right yeah i'm not going to keep playing all of them because that's what's the point pick the one you like the best and play that um but luckily i happen to be a new mechanic that there's a ton of variation in and you don't have to worry about it so right right? (laughs) um but yeah that that was just that was just you know the other thing i was thinking about was was that that you know if you and i've heard i've heard gamers say that you know well when i get this uh you know when I, this is the this is going to replace that other that other deck builder that i was playing before you know um but i think that's hard for those people when you start doing all this little integration right where you've got a little bit of deck building and a little bit of dice rolling and you know um and that's the magic of it right it's we're building on on we're building new games based on standing on the shoulders of those right who came before us who had these great ideas and we're figuring out how to turn them into new great ideas that are made for our time right yeah no
1: it's true i think i think in every industry there's there's evolution and that's that's just that's just how things work you you evolve from what's come before it and and that's how you innovate you you know rarely do you see something that's just out of the blue that blows everyone away that has nothing to do with anything that came before it everything right, is right. has to be built on something that that is already understood in some way and and, and if it did different. do
0: that you're going to see a ton of clones in like
1: the next 3 years exactly which was <laughs> hey it what won't be dominion like that for long right. right that's what <laughs> dominion basically was right
0: right right when somebody figures out that unique thing and it and it goes gangbusters everyone wants to design the next thing with that, right? Yeah. Um so yeah. Which is good and bad depending on how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's uh let's hear about your deck building game with a little bit of deck building.
1: Yeah. Okay. In Sovereign Sons, you are uh and I this is this is a theme coming up here. You are a corporate AI. And you are controlling the navigation and the expenses of your of the house uh, that you are employed by. Mm-hmm. And there are four suns and four systems of planets that you are exploring and trying to take control of um, for the emperor of the sovereign core. Uh, so... In this game, you will be adding uh, new planets to your navigation deck, and that is the deck-building portion of this game. Um, you will be using these cards every turn to pay for actions. So the color of <clears throat> the, the suns on the cards um, will, will pay for um, an action in that system. Um, So there are a few actions that you can be taking, um, but you will do two of them and never the same one twice. Um, So one of the actions is that you can um, explore and that allows you to basically buy a card. Now, in normal deck building, you will be buying cards based on a cost, on a price that's on the card. In this game, it works a little differently. You start out with the tableau. And the the planets in your tableau represent each, each of the four systems. So there are four colors. Whatever number is of tier planet that is topmost is the number of icons you're going to need. So if you start out and you only have one tier a tier one card, and that's that's basically your starter card uh, mm-hmm. in each of the rows, you'll just pay one one icon will get you any of the actions that you do in that system. So to explore and to add a card to your deck in that color, it would just cost you one icon, but the more cards you claim, and that's another action you can do, you add a planet to that, to your tableau. It's going to have to be the same number or higher. You have no more ones. You only start with twos in your deck. That two will go down. You can play a two on top of a two as well. And that two mm-hmm. is now the cost of every action that you do for that system mm. so if you want to claim another planet down it's going to cost you two of those icons and the twos only have one icon on them but the threes they have i think they have one and a half and an- and another color
0: okay okay
1: uh so they have a half a while then they have one other color so you can play Two threes, or you can pay for that other half with an energy. So energy is another resource in this game, and it, it's the energy is the same. It's a that's an actual chip. You, you start out with a few energy, and you and you can produce and earn more energy. You're, those are something that you're mining. As well, in this game, you are collecting data on all of these planets, and those data are different types of data. So each one of the systems has a different type of data that you'll be collecting from. Each one can give you different data, but for the most part, those colors are going to be matching.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and there's like diplomatic data, there's cultural data, there's military data, and there's scientific data. And those data are represented by colored cubes that you have in your on your player board. Is this this pitch is long? <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm super interested so far. As, so I'm, I'm so in when it. when you have cards in your tableau. If I wanna produce on, in the orange system, I would have to discard the number of orange um, icons that I have on my cards according to the mm. tier of the planet that's there. And then I get all the things down the right-hand side that gives me all these cubes. And then those cubes go up on the player board. And when I have enough cubes in any one of those rows and they're different lengths for different colors, the blue costs more, but you get more points. You're going to go up these tracks around the sun on each of the systems and get points based on this other thing that you'll be getting, which is (laughs) you're placing out armadas and some of those production things that you're getting are placing out little things that give you area, area majority out on in those systems. Okay. And if you have, if you have the most, when you go up that track, you get extra points, you get bonus points. And so it's sort of a race up to have the most influence. Up the track and so these these all these actions kind of work together um to to build up this sort of empire on this tableau Mm -hmm. but it costs more every time you have a more powerful card that gives you more stuff eventually you'll have a four tier card that costs you four of those icons but the amount of stuff that you get and you get extra points there's a way that it's playing off of other things that you have, you get points per card in another system that you have. Um, you get a lot, you can, you can combo these things together and get a lot of points per turn. Right, if, right. And if you're doing that, it, the number of uh, of uh, points that you're getting really ramps up towards the end of the game. Um, And it can play in about an hour. So who's ever got the nice. most influence at the end of the game. Mm-hmm is the emperor's favorite person in the world and the, the Sovereignest
0: of sovereign of the, the sovereignest
1: sons? of so- of sovereign sons
0: <laughs> nice
1: so there we go um, so, so yeah so so the deck building that that we use um, is is used in, in a very different sort of way all of yeah. all, all and all of the tier three cards that you'll be buying at first once you claim a tier three card, that you get an unlock token in that color that allows you to then purchase and explore the tier four cards, but you have to have had oh, claimed a claimed tier three card first, and then That's that interesting and that doesn't go into your discard. That actually goes into your hand, so you can actually play that as your second action, or or keep it. Also, this is a weird deck builder where you're not discarding all the cards you don't use. You. Any cards you don't use stay in your hand, and it's, oh, it's a maximum wow. of five. There are also there are also when you when you cycle through your deck, printed on the player board gives you three free actions. You pick one of those. One of those is buying a um, an upgrade, and these upgrades mm-hmm. are we're calling them uh, what do we end up calling them? We were calling them tech, but they're actually like people. They are. um, Oh
0: yeah. Well, they could be robots and then they could be tech and people. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, some of them might be problem solved, (laughs) but they're basically specialists that you add in. And they're, these are like perpetual little powers that like rule breaking powers. Like one Uh is like, you just get a blue every turn or you get an energy every turn. Or one might be, you get a point every time this happens. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, and so those little things that you're adding up, you know, by the end, you might you're only get you have to get unique ones, and there's three out, and you have a starter that's basically your corporate kind of starter, your captain or whatever that may be. Right, um, right. So, so it's a little bit of player um, asymmetric player power, a little bit there that you start with. You have your own special kind of ability.
0: I'm um, always a fan of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there, there's player kind, powers. Yeah, for the win. Um, so it's a it's a little heavier than than Sovereign Skies. Um, but, but it's, but it, but it, there's a lot of variability here, which Mm -hmm. I don't like to say replayability because I don't really like, I don't think that word is, is correct. (laughs) I don't know. We've talked about that before. Keep using
0: that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. I think it's
1: variability that we're looking for that allows you to feel like you have replayability.
0: Right, right. But I, any but game we, has replayability, right? It's just y- yeah. some of us need more variability to yeah. want to play games more.
1: Exactly, and uh, you know, chess one of the most replayable games in the world, unless you don't right. like chess.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's the same; it's the exact same game every <laughs> right. time, right? So, yeah, oh, that sounds that sounds super interesting. Um, I like the stuff you're doing with deck building in there. Um, yeah, I know it sounds uh. Sounds, it does sound like there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to see the board and how it lays out when that uh comes to Kickstarter, which will not be for a while. Uh, as you said to me before, it'll be sometime next year, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've still, we've still got uh, a lot of play testing to do um, just to work out kinks. But for the most part, um, we're, we're about 98% there, which is an awesome feeling.
0: Oh yeah. 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 That's. Those the last little couple tweaks I always feel good because it's like, um, yeah, you're not uh, you're not you know, you know you're not gonna make any ridiculously huge overhauls to the game. It's all about like those little tweaks to to fix things that could just
1: be a little better. So yeah.
0: that sounds awesome. I look forward to checking it out once it's out there.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Thanks again for coming on the show and uh, and talking about your game and talking about deck building and all sorts of fun stuff. It was great to have you back again, Aaron.
1: Hey, it was a pleasure. I uh I love hanging out with you. Um, you know, virtually. Right, right. On your podcast. Um yes, yes. I'm hoping someday we'll actually get to hang out in real life at a That'd con be awesome. somewhere.
0: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Twenty twenty two. I'm there. I'm there. So
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed our conversation as well. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to buildinggamepodcast.com. Check our Discord channel there. You can also email us buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call us at 770 btg Of course, the easiest place to find us is always going to be the Twitter at PodcastBTG at JA Slingerland. Aaron is at Internet's Magic. Uh, and those are the great places to find us. Thanks again. And until next week, good night.
1: Good night everyone.
0: Building the game which isn't in friends which isn't in friends building the game building the game which isn't in friends which isn't in friends
1: dial 770 tell bgg
0: please don't use the email